0: Hello, and uh, welcome to The Last Call with Angel Perkins Harris. I am, of course, a PH. I am a person that none of you know, but I will try to earn your trust and earn your little fanfare in any way I can. I, much like all of you who are listening to this, are a diehard Mets fan. Or, even if you're not a diehard Mets fan and you're listening to this, I'm a guy who just loves baseball. I'm a man who loves and adores baseball. I've loved the game since I was a kid. It's my dream to play for the Mets one day. But unfortunately, that dream is gone. I can just watch them. I'm fine, I'm fine with that. However, right, I'm normally a wrestling podcaster. But for now and for the rest of the season, I will be dedicating myself to give updates from every angle of the game that occurred Tonight, or it occurred the day before it is currently two eleven in the morning on a beautiful Friday night, May twentieth. The Mets just played against the St. Louis Cardinals game four of the series. their last game, I do believe of the season that they play against the Redbirds, and they beat the Cardinals seven to six to improve to a twenty six and fourteen record. The Cardinals dropped to twenty and eighteen on the young season. It was capped off by a walk-off mammoth of a fuck bomb by Pete Alonso to make it seven to six after the Cardinals scored in the early tenth inning. Now, this game was mired with a bunch of other shit. This game was overshadowed and rightfully so in a way by the news that came out. Earlier in the day, because the night before on the Mets 11-4 to win against the Cardinals, the Mets ran into an issue with their pitcher. Max Scherzer just got through the fifth inning. He went through out there during the sixth. He just, I think, walked or got or walked or gave up a hit against the guy. I think he gave up a hit. He had a one out. He threw a fa- He threw a pitch in for strike one. He threw a lazy slider, as Ron Darling called it on commentary, for ball one. And as I thought he was going to motion towards the dugout with the Tim Anderson hand away to the chin thing, like no no no. With me, I think he was motioning because Buck was trying to send Hefner out there. Jeremy Hefner, our pitching coach, to try to check on him. And Max was like, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. I'm good. I'm in the zone. Leave me alone. It was like the Max's first instance of him. Rebelling against the Mets pitching staff or the Mets coaching staff saying, fuck you, I want to stay in. It was the exact opposite. It was catastrophically the exact opposite because Max Scherzer, the Bulldog, said, I'm done. He took himself out the game in the middle of an at-bat against Albert Pujols. Now... The news spread like wildfire, and Mets fans were holding their breath very, very much so, and I don't think many Mets fans could even sleep. Mind you, this is a team that already lost Jacob DeGrom before the season began, which we will be not without him until probably after the All-Star break, which prompted Tyler McGill to be the number one starter, unironically. Because he had to start over Max Scherzer, who himself was dealing with a little bit of injury problem before he can start on opening day. So, Tyler got the start. And ever since then, he did well before he himself got put on the injured list. And then, it was announced that Max Scherzer had an oblique issue that would require him to rest for six to eight weeks. And immediately, Mets fans are calling the season over. But before that, we got a baseball game to play. Mets had, a, Mets had a clean first inning in terms of pitching. Chris Bassett on the mound for the Mets today. He gave up one hit and an error because Eduardo Escobar, once again, continues during this series to have terrible fielding. He was just Terrible. Especially today. If it wasn't for the Mets winning, he would have probably been on the hook as one of the people a fan base would be yelling at. So, he gave up a hit and on a throwing error from Escobar. Donovan reached a second. And then, during the first, the Mets, once again, for the eighth time in nine games, scored in the first inning. Off a Jeff McNeil fielder's choice and a Pete Alonzo single. Alonso singled. To right, the Mets scored one nothing. Then the double steal happened, and after the double steal, Lindor scored to make it two nothing. But then, as custom, the Cardinals got a run back, made it two to one off a home run into dead center field. The Mets didn't get much of anything until the top of the third when. Paul Goldschmidt, because freaking of course, hit a raucous home run into left field, was a no-doubter, out of sight and out of mind, and the Mets gave up another home run, tie game heading into the bottom of the third. We get, and fast forward, to the the top of the fifth, Paul Goldschmidt, because of course it was, doubled in the right, 3-2 Mets, and... Once again, Chris Bassett just didn't have it. He tried his best and he held it down, but he just couldn't get it done. But much like the Mets do normally, these fuckers kept grinding. They made things interesting. It all started when Luis Guillaume of all freaking people doubled. And then Tomas Needle dropped a nice bunt to get the run of the third. And then Brandon Nemo ran out a good ground ball, which apparently apparently Albert Pujols, since he was playing first, had to throw it to his buddy. And they had to have one middle miscommunication in New York before things go high and they go to retirement because the throw was just literally off Molina's glove. 3-3 tie game. Canis singles, Lindor singles, as the Mets go through a pitching change. And, uh, yeah... Ejecto Cito. Now, mind you, I'm not claiming doom and gloom with Scherzer going down, because I have all the faith in the world in my offense. But the minute that if Alonzo went down, GG, season's over. There's been three instances, well, maybe four, where the Mets almost lost their guy, and they can thank their lucky stars that the C-flap's a thing. And it was both games in Washington to start the season. Because if Alonzo and Lindor both got hit, season's done. Because I don't know how you can replace those guys. I don't know how you can replace either one. Especially if a trade happens, but oh, come on. So Alonzo pulled what we like to call in my friend group, the Ejecto-Cito, cuz. He got the hell out the freaking way. Ron Darling wished that there was a... Universal sticky substance for pitchers because they shouldn't be missing a fucking off-speed pitch to a man's cranium. But then Jeff McNeil makes everybody happy with a two-run single up the middle. Five-three Mets heading towards the sixth. It would stay like that into the seventh when Drew Smith would come in. Chris Bassett tried to tough it out. Unfortunately for him, he only lasted six and a third. Giving up three runs. Let me make sure I have this all correct here. I am currently looking on my phone to make sure I have all of the right stuff. Yes. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me make sure I have this. Okay, here it is. Chris Bass is six and a third, nine hits, four runs, one walk, three Ks, and he was killed by the home run ball. However, that fourth run, mind you, he left the game after it becoming three, after it becoming five to three, he got killed by the run because Drew Smith came in, immediately induced a line drive hop up or pop up, a massive pop up into left field, which McNeil grabbed through to second and caused a double play. The run scored from third. So, it made it 5-4, to four, which would be important. Palante came in in the 7th inning to pitch for the Cardinals, got literally every ball hit across his fucking body, including one in the chest and one in the leg and one off the ankle. But the men made it tough out. I, I have respect for that type of nonsense. And we go into the 8th when Drew Smith... He got out of the inning Skate, by the way. We go into the 8th where Drew Smith yet again... Performed exponentially better than anyone had any credit for. Only giving up one hit. Clean eighth inning. Clean ninth inning as well. For Genesis Cabrera. For the Mets. I mean for the Cardinals. We go to the top of the ninth. Cue the freaking trumpets. McCanna is moved to left field. McNeil is moved to second base. Jankowski is in right. And no one is being moved to third. Is this important? We'll see, Edwin comes in, he gets an infield single from Harrison Bader, Bader will then steal second, Molina would ground out to second, causing Bader to move to third, Tommy Edmund struck out, so the voodoo magic is currently dead, but uh-oh, Donovan walked, runners at first and third, with two out, and motherfucking Paul Goldschmidt, fucking Paul Goldschmidt, in- Goldsmith reached on an infield single to third that Eduardo Escobar couldn't handle. And because of that, the run will score. Arenado got walked in four pitches because I believe that Diaz just didn't want to risk blowing the game open. He would then strike out Yepes. We go to the fifth, we go to the bottom of the ninth. And the Mets get shut the hell down. It's time to go to extra innings. Holy Jesus. We're fucked. And every Met fan is losing their shit. Because Buck Walter brought in the fucking rookie. Colin Holderman. Who's only been in the big leagues for a couple of days. Making his third big league appearance. He gave up an immediate single. And then a ground ball double play tailor made against Albert Pujols, which is fucking big, considering it's Albert Pujols. This motherfucker hit a ball that was so bad that in the eighth inning, we were praising the fact that it was a dead ball. (sighs) In the top of the eighth inning, the final out of that inning, Pujols crushes one. And he had the stance and he had that, that typical Albert Pujols bat pose where you would think, holy shit, that's a mammoth of shot. The pose almost looked linear to what he did against Lidge in Houston. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Brad Lidge, that big home run against Brad Lidge against Houston in 05. That's what I'm talking about. It looked like that. But it just barely hit the wall. <laughs> and... Lim- and McNeil was able to make the catch, so to get that double play was huge. But then, of course, the run score was six to five. Bader would then ground out to short. We head into the bottom of the tenth, and immediately Alonzo decides to end it right then and there. Mammoth shot, deep left field, four forty-seven feet. Mets win seven to six. Pete Alonzo, my friends, said. I call game and he did Giovanni Gallegos once again has a bad memory against the New York Mets and Pete Alonzo has the final laugh against the team and now he almost held him of course the game goes to Pete Alonzo he was three for four well three for four with a walk Three RBIs, including that mammoth two-run shot. Jeff McNeil coming up big yet again. He had three RBIs on the day and was every bleepin' where in the infield or in the outfield. Anywhere. It was like Gary said, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. McNeil, McNeil. It was like, he was all over the damn place. Francisco Lindor had a nice little comeback day. He was two for three tonight. He had two. He had two for three. Two walks. He had a streak where he got on base eight straight times in his last eight at bats. That's massive. That's big for a guy who people are claiming is struggling. But speaking of a guy who's struggling, Eduardo Escobar struggled at the plate over four tonight. JD Davis was zero for four with three Ks. His batting average is well below the Mendoza line at one seventy seven. And a guy who we thought was going to be on that same level, turns out Luis Guillaume is doing better than him. He's two for four. Oh, Tomasino had one hit, one for three. But the main story is the fact that the Mets are now without Max Scherzer. Yes, they won. Yes, they did a great job. But they got a big decision to make now because what do they do? Do they try to get somebody else from within? Do they try to trade? I mean, I don't think there is going to be anybody who's going to possibly give the Mets good value in a trade for any good starting pitching or any decent pitching. And I don't think that the Mets are going to be willing to part with guys like Dominic Smith and J.D. Davis or anybody of that caliber. I And I'm mentioning only those two because Jankowski a guy that's not going to be traded anywhere. Because he's way too beloved by this team. And he's way too valuable. And McNeil is in a stretch of his career right now. Where he ain't going nowhere. You could have made that move in the offseason. And regretted it. But now? You can't move him. To me, this is where I draw the line. First of all, it was an amazing Mets win. Big time W. They win their 10th series of the year. Their series record right now is 10 wins, one loss, and one split. That one split being against the Braves, because no shit. And that one loss being against the Mariners, because baseball. That's the only way I can say it, because baseball. Either way, this team is in a posting mode where they just don't quit they have grit and they have tenacity and Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling and the commentators themselves basically agreed on this one. That when your team that they're playing against would score runs in one inning, it won't take the Mets very long to put runs back. And that's big. Obviously, this is a team that's going to need to make a lot of tough decisions now with Scherzer done for the next couple of months. But I feel Like this team can ride the ship. Obviously looming large. Is that massive. Month of June. But if they're able. To keep things level. And wait until. McGill come back and hopefully he can ride the ship. Carrasco, Walker. And Peterson can hopefully do well. I believe. The plan is. To bring Trevor Williams in. As the fifth spot starter for now. Until they can figure something out. And if he can give you four solid innings or five solid innings of work before you transfer it to the bullpen, then I think you're good. But as long as your offense is scoring seven runs a game, which is, of course, unsustainable, no shit. But if they can score at regularity, then it doesn't matter who you throw out there. I, for one, feel like it's like one of the boys at the We Gotta Believe podcast said. This isn't a complete shutdown in the season. We're fucked mode nor is this a we're okay mode this is an obvious mode where you have to panic yes because you just lost for a substantial amount of time one of the greatest pitchers of all time but also this is not a sky is falling team like book walks like Buck Showalter said this is a different team this is they're built different now they're gonna write the ship and i think they're gonna be just fine I don't think they're going to be setting the world on fire, especially with that starting pitching tanking a massive hit. But I think they're going to make some noise, whether it's in trades or whether it's in that next big star that they bring up from the minors. Because if there's one thing that everybody, and I mean everybody, and that's all Met fans, if there's one thing this team can somehow get right, it's always been pitching. Somehow, this team has managed to produce or get and then mold great to decent to serviceable starting pitching. It's always been the offense that's been a problem, but I think we'll be just fine. I think it's not time to panic, and I'm for one ready to write the ship with my boys. Thank you for watching or listening, I should be saying. Tune in next time when I review the next game being the Colorado Rockies versus the New York Mets as the Mets travel to Denver, Colorado. Um, will they play on Friday? I have no clue because apparently it's snowing there. But if they do, you will hear from me later on that night around this time. So thank you for listening. Appreciate you very much. And as always, let's go Mets. See you next time.